And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Seven fifty-five is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty is on the air now. Welcome back to Seven Fifty-Five is Real. Uh, I'm David O'Brien, Braves writer with the Athletic, with my co-host Eric O'Flaherty, former Braves reliever. What's We're up, gonna man? have some fake enthusiasm today. <laughs> I don't have it in me. I don't have it in me. We're gonna we're gonna act like the podcast that have like millions and millions of listeners and do the fake enthusiasm. And I'm gonna wear like a black wife beater uh, t shirt uh, undershirt thing. Dude, that's why I struggled. That's one thing I struggled with when I was playing to trying to talk to the media was I felt like I had to be fake in those interviews instead of just saying what happened. Like shit, we lost. We'll be fine tomorrow. You know, I mean, it breaks yeah. down like that, but. You feel like you have to give this great quote and say something exciting, and it's—I mean, it's a 162 game season. Exactly. But, uh, baseball does not lend itself to fake enthusiasm, man. No. I mean, the, the audience, the, the typical baseball, the good baseball audience knows that uh, it's not a football game. It's not life and death each week. Right. So, with that said, hey, before we get started, I'll get to this. But do you, I just was doing some research before I, we started this thing. I actually do research for these. There are uh, there are eighteen pitchers in the majors right now with ten or more games pitched. Right, ten or more games relievers. Obviously, only two of them have not allowed an earned run this year. Both of them are Braves, and it's not either of the guys that you would have expected coming into the season that might be that. Do Jesse we- Chavez, Jesse Chavez, who was a Non-roster invitee in spring training, even though we knew he'd make the team if he pitched well at all. But non-roster invitee. And Dylan Lee, who could really easily lay claim to being the most underrated relief pitcher in Major League Baseball the last two years. I, I, I think that every time I watch him pitch. Yeah. He just doesn't uh, He doesn't look that cool. You know? <laughs> like yeah. He needs, he needs some kind of long hair and a beard or a neck tat or something to, to spice it up. But I was when I was watching him, I was thinking, if the gun just said 98, and he put up the exact same numbers. How much bigger deal would he exactly. be than the way he's doing it? And if he said, any, he does. He said he's he said he's the man of the fewest words I've ever had in yeah. an interview. He says nothing. And I'm told <laughs> I'm told that he's a chatterbox away from when he's not doing interviews, yeah. like with his teammates. That yeah. he's nonstop talking. We really? just don't see that side of him. But he is with us. I think he's learned, man. Getting released will do that. You know, by the Marlins at the end of spring training, living in his RV before he signed with the Braves. I mean, I think he's learned. As he say, as he told me, I keep my head down. I just work, go to work every day. And that's it. And that's a long sentence for him in an interview. Most of the interviews were like, yep. Yeah, it felt good. <laughs> exactly right. Yep. Well, I mean, that's, no, that's, that's the best place to be, though, as a reliever. You know, I mean, I used to hate when I would get talked to when I was on a hot streak. You know, it's like you don't want to change anything. And you get talked to it and I'd be like, thanks, Bowman. I'm giving it up tonight. You know, somebody come to you and tell you, you know, you haven't given up a run in 17 games. I'm like, well, yeah. I'm going to give up three bloop singles and a grand slam tonight. Because yeah. it's just as a reliever, you just want to keep that. Uh, those guys are the best, you know, just staying level-headed, not getting too high, not getting too low, and just getting through the season. It was never like I sat on the bench after I pitched and felt good. It was yeah. – or as excited about it, it was just like, fuck, glad, glad it's over. You know, I didn't mess the game up. I get to yeah. chill for three innings, take in a baseball game, and then it's back to work and just shut up and do my job. <laughs> you don't want to be a big deal. You don't want anybody right. to know anything right. about you as a reliever. Yeah, it's not like a starting pitcher who does his thing every every once a week, basically, you know? Yeah. It's a big deal, man. I mean, you're right. As a reliever, you want to do your job, not mess anything up, leave. Get out. <laughs> I was like, get me in, get me out. Nobody talk to me. Leave me alone. Yeah. That's that's where you got to try to be. It seems like that's where he is. Yeah, I remember you when you were a reliever and us covering you. You were a lot like Dylan Lee when you yeah. when you when you were pitching. I just didn't want I didn't want to talk to I didn't want any attention at all. Just you want to be invisible as a reliever because 
unless you're the closer, you know, there's not a lot of glamour and you're not going to get talked to unless you mess a game up. Yeah, that's true. So and it was most, like just. And, and most closers don't get talked to unless they blow a save. Right, right. Smoltzy used to say that. We'd come over after he blew a save. He'd go, oh, ah, now you, you want to talk to me. We're like, well, Smoltzy, what are we going to come over and talk to you after you go out and retire the side in order? We're going to come talk to yeah. you about it? <laughs> yeah, how'd that 10 pitches you threw feel? Yeah. Slider still the best on earth? Cool. Because he was used to life as a starter where you where reporters talk to him after every, every game, day. regardless yeah. of how well he does, how poorly, you know. With a closer, it's like it's not news if you go out and just retire the side and get the save. That's what you're supposed to do, right? Yep. And, you know, if you're a middle reliever, you get one courtesy article around like June or July yeah. about how good you're doing a year. <laughs> you tell them, you you know, you don't really say much and they write some article about how you're overrated and then you just go right back under the radar. And I mean, underrated. that's Yeah. It's a nice place to be if it fits your personality, too. Right. That's like the story I'm about to write on. <laughs> yeah. He's doing great. Nobody cares. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, those guys. Uh, just to look real quick at their order before we get to some other stuff that we're going to talk about. The uh, um, oh, thanks. My cat just jerked my earplugs out of my oh. my earphones out of my thing. Okay, so you got uh, Jesse Chavez, ten appearances, nine innings, five hits, one hit batter. One walk, nine strikeouts. The dude has an 067 whip and a 161 opponent's average. Dylan Lee, 10 appearances, 10 and a third innings, four hits, one run unearned, two walks, 11 strikeouts, 0.58 whip, and a 121 opponent's average. Those guys are, are two of the best relievers in baseball so far this year. Yeah, I, I think uh, Lee might have one of those sliders that it might not look amazing on TV, but the hitters just can't pick it up just based on the swings he gets. He's really improved that slider and he's throwing yeah. it a lot, getting away yeah. from the changeup. He's not throwing it much, still throwing it a few times to kind of keep it in the back of their head. Yep. But that slider, yeah. It's, uh, he's fearless too. I mean, he'll 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 throw that right. fastball first strike into a righty, which – Normally, that's the determining factor, whether you can get guys out from both sides. Either you have a dynamite changeup left-handed, or you can pitch righties ineffectively. Well, he's one of those guys, too, you say, you talk about as being fearless. I mean, his stuff's yeah. not – he doesn't throw 99, but he locates his fastball, and he doesn't try to nitpick, and he lets – he's like, put it in play. If you want yeah. to put it in play, put it in play. I and bet you if you, if you talk to defense. hitters – yeah, especially with the Braves' defense. I bet you if you talk to uh, hitters on the other teams, his fastball probably plays up. And they can't pick up a slider. And he's a and he's a, also a, a huge dude. Which I was just going to ask that. He's a big guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's probably. I haven't looked at his without looking it up. His bio. I would guess six four, and I don't know what he's listed at, but he's a good two thirty. Yeah, two twenty five. Yeah, he's a big dude. Um, okay. I wrote about this today, and it goes without saying. And I think most fans. I wasn't referring to the real knowledgeable fans when I said that uh, that the Braves lose a game on a six-game trip, they go five and one. They lose a game one to nothing, you know, when they go for seventh runners in scoring position against a really good team at, on the road at San Diego. Um, and Charlie pitched well, just made – he got paid for one mistake to Soto, a home run, and that yeah. was it. But that was their only loss on a trip, and I don't care who you're playing. They, you know, they swept the Royals, which they're supposed to do, but the, but the Padres – they're not playing great yet, but they're a good team. They got a stacked lineup, and they get Tatis back today. Good timing, but um, to lose one game on a trip and be ten and two on the road this year, the Braves are second best overall record in the majors, best road record. This team's off to a great start. So yeah. when you lose a game like yesterday, and you see the people on the thing complain, here we go, the Braves saving day game shit and all this stuff. No, they're not. They're good in day games this year. I mean. They're not hitting day games like they do in night games, but they're playing well. They're pitching great in day games. Yeah. So this is a good start. Enjoy it. The last two years they started out eight and uh eight and fourteen. Or eight and eight and ten, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's there's always gonna be people like that, but I think everybody that's you know, has watched any amount of baseball before knows you don't go six and oh on many trips. You know, you go five and one, that's a great trip. Even if you do it in a in triple A. You could go be a major league team and go on the road triple A. You might yeah. lose two games. Yeah, you know they're it's just four, it's a hard sport. They're fourteen and five. Uh, 
the 14 and 4 start matched the best in, in the Atlanta era franchise history. If they would have won yesterday, it would have been the best 19 game start in franchise history. And this is a team that won 14 straight division titles, remember, not too long yeah. ago. Well, it would be nice, you know, to to take a commanding lead early and hold on to it because there's been a lot of drama the right. last few years. And you know, like we talked about, I think chasing the Mets down really took it out of them last year because that was playoff no baseball for a month and a half. No doubt. No doubt. And they were under 500, I think, each of the last two years at the end of May. But last year, yeah. 23 or 24 and 27 at the end of May, 10 and a half games behind the Mets yeah. going yeah. into June. So, yeah, they had like a four – month basically playoff drive i mean yeah we're and yeah right now the mets are playing better now so the braves have a two-game lead but that's uh that's i mean you look at some of the other divisions like the yankees are playing pretty well and they're what four and a half behind the rays you know yeah. after their ridiculous start but it's just so early that nobody panics or anything yet but i think it's 11 percent, 11 percent of the season so far something yeah. like that yeah uh but the point is that the Braves, this is a good team, man. And they're doing this. The, the amazing thing is they're doing – some of the guys, they're doing this without. They're doing without their closer. They have, he's have, He's been on the IL all year, and he's yeah. he's their best reliever. Yeah. Mentor's done great in that role. But they're doing it without Michael Harris, who's missed like uh, two weeks now, you know? Yeah. Freed and Wright just come back. Yeah, they did. They started out with – I mean, they've only got – they only had one start by Freed until the other day. Kyle Wright has only made two, and he's these really is end of his spring training. Normally, you know, if he if he had not been uh, missed so much of spring training, then he's only made about five starts rehab and otherwise. Um, and uh, Colin McHugh, who's invaluable in the bullpen, so they're doing all this without so many guys. Travis Darno, Sean Murphy, Sean Murphy is now catching every day, and he's raking still. But I mean, they had an all-star catcher on the IL too. Yeah, you know, that, so that's why I asked you. I think it was last episode about if, if they're in that Dodgers category, where uh, not a, not just being a super team, but able to better. absorb so many injuries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Dodgers this year are having a trouble absorbing those injuries. I think yeah. the Braves are better right now than the Dodgers. They have more depth, and I think they're better, more quality depth. I think the Dodgers have accepted, they would never say this, but I think they've accepted this is going to be the one year where they're not 100 to threat to win 105 games, and they're kind of doing the reset, I think, for the luxury tax, you know, get back under it, because they didn't spend the same money this year, and they could have done that and fill some gaps. They still could, and they're, and they're, they're not making any effort, any move to do that. I, I think they're willing to accept this year, you know, if the Padres are as good as everybody says, the Padres are going to win the division. I just think this feel, this doesn't feel like the same Dodgers juggernaut that it has in the last five years. Yep. I mean, it's, uh, they just don't have the same rotation depth. They don't have the same lineup depth. Their bullpen's not quite as good. So I think the Padres, they've got off to a – they're below 500 right now, but they get Tatis back today. They get Musgrove back at the end of the week. They're going to catch fire. Yeah. That, that's why, you know, when they when they lost those games at home to the Padres, I mean, going into San Diego and taking a few is, is pretty solid. But when they lost those games at home, it's like, I know they're not firing all cylinders, but that's a damn good team. Eric, let's hear from today's sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So, yeah, and, and in the clubhouse, I mean, the Braves, these guys know how good they are. They feel really good. Uh, 
Austin Riley yesterday spoke for everybody. Everybody had the same thing to say. He said, he said, I like where we're at. We had a really, really good trip. Obviously, today didn't end up the way we wanted. Some missed opportunities. I had a couple of bats where it could have changed the game and just didn't get it done. Charlie pitched well, gave us a chance. The bullpen did, did as well. But at the end, great road trip. I like where we are going into the off day. Regroup, get ready for Friday. They got the Astros coming in. Defending World Series champions coming in Friday. The Astros are not playing. They're not hitting on all cylinders yet. They're without Altuve. Uh, and Bregman hasn't started out his normal. A couple other guys. So they need to take advantage of that, take a series from the Astros this weekend. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, everybody to a man is just, they really are excited. Talked to Charlie after, you know, lose the game yesterday, one nothing, And he was like, I love this team. He said he loves coming to the clubhouse. He said it's so nice to be able to want to get to the ballpark every day and be around these guys. He said they've been really talented in, in the past few years, but uh, he really loves, loves the chemistry and, the, and this talent of this group as a whole. And what a what a benefit, like a big blessing to have this group locked. Like these guys are just going to keep growing together. Yep. You know, I I look back at my years with those teams and the that that we have at the Braves, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, and and the chemistry and how much fun it was to come to the park. You know, like it's like we want to do reunions and we didn't even win a World Series. You know, you want to get back together with those guys, but these guys get to stay together for five, ten years, and the core group has been the same already for quite a few. Yeah. And they got so many guys that don't have to worry about uh, playing through injuries and all that contracts and all that because contracts, right? Yeah, and that can go both ways. But if you got the right guys, you're not worried about them. Yeah, resting on laurels or taking it easy, cruising, and not doing the same work and everything to be. They got the right guys that they give these contracts to. Um, yeah, you 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 probably guys, put a lot of guys. thought into that. You know, right. I mean, before you sign a guy, you're gonna know which guys. Like, man, you know, it's hard to get this guy to work already. If we give him 250 right. mil, he might shut it down. I mean, right. it, it, how many contracts have you seen over the years of guys that are just elite prospects come up, have two good years, yep. and then just kind of taper off? Ozuna's the one that's a mistake, but um, that was a little different. He's not not one of these young guys that gave yep. the long extensions to. That was a guy that basically they were running out of options that spring training approach that year, and they needed a big bat, and everybody knew what he had done. And all the fans, if you go back and look, the fans, us reporters, we all said you got to resign Ozuna because he'd yep. come off a great year. Yeah. Um, and they were, you know, they were a week from spring training when they signed him. It's like there was nobody else out there at that point. So I'm yep. not going to blame them for that contract at all. It just hasn't worked out. That's on Azuna, not on the Braves. That's on yeah. him and what's happened off the field and what's happened on the field. So um that, you know, sure, that was a mistake. There's no doubt. But uh I'm not gonna blame them like I would if they gave that contract to a young guy and the guy ended up being a dog. You know, then you should then you should have done a better job vetting it and that kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. And that's eventually gonna happen one of these times, right. but I mean you're hitting on so many. Right. Who cares? And the ones that are signed, the real ones that you're building the franchise around, he's not one of those. No. We're talking about the guys you give these contracts to that are in their mid, to, uh, early to mid-20s. Yeah. You know, the guys from Acuna to Ozzy to Olsen to Riley, Sean Murphy, uh, Spencer Strider. That's six great contracts right there. Great guys who work their asses off that are incredible yeah. talents. And, and we don't want to be the best. That. Right. You know, that's one thing about Acuna that I that I know is you could have given him four billion and he doesn't yeah, he likes the money, but he's not gonna notice whether it's a hundred or two hundred or three hundred, whatever it is. He wants to be the best. He, no he doubt. thrives on being the best. And you sign a guy to a deal like that, you know that he wants to be the best. He's not gonna stop working no matter how much he's making. And you don't have to worry about as much as some outside the organizations have opined. And you can tell they're outside the organization because they have no clue what the clubhouse is like. But they've said Acuna is going to be a problem uh, eventually when all these guys around him are making more money. If you think Acuna is going to start being a dog and not playing hard because guys because he's he's making half of what he should compared to guys of his caliber, you don't know Acuna. Yeah. And I think the Braves at some point, if he stays healthy and plays like he is right now, there's no reason to think he won't. They'll renegotiate that eventually, you yep. know. But if they, in the meantime, you're not going to have to worry about that guy being a problem, you know. No. I mean, sure, he might, he might say, he might mope or say something away, but then it's not going to affect him on the field or in the clubhouse. Yeah, it's and just, I think exact same with Aussie too. 
Right. And Albazi is. Yeah. I mean, this guy, if there's one guy already that could be complaining about the contract, it's not, but it's him, but he is, you never hear anything but positive from that dude ever. Yeah. So, um, Acuna, I think it's become obvious how much he was still affected last year. We knew it at the time. You could see him every time he'd fall and grimace getting up, sliding a second, get up. You knew it was still bothering him. But now to see him playing the way he is, free and easy and just roaring around the bases, going after everything in the outfield, planting and making 99-mile-an-hour throws. I mean, now you see him healthy again. You're reminded how elite, super elite this guy is because it's a treat watching him again now every day in the field, on the bases, and especially in the batter's box. He's getting off, yeah, man. It's a joke. I mean, how much fun would it be to jump into his body for a day oh, and just go run around a baseball field to smoke balls 450? Yeah, I mean, it, it's like if you have a Ferrari, you got to floor it, and he does. He's hitting like 600 leading off games, man. Yeah. And that's every pitcher knows going into the game now. Don't give him something to hit, but they do still make mistakes, and he just crushes when they do. If they make a first-pitch fastball, he never takes it. <laughs> He's crushing it. If it's hittable. He should never get one again, honestly. And he still does. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's no way I'm throwing him. I mean, even first two pitches, you should see if he'll be aggressive and maybe get himself out. But the tricky part is he can run. You know, it's not like you're just throwing a four-hole hitter in the, in the leadoff spot that can exactly. do some damage. And if with the rules him, now, he's going to second. Yep, and he's scoring for first on the double. And you Easy, got guys coming up behind him are Olsen and Riley. So if you put him on, there's a real good chance you're going down one nothing. Yeah. I'd never, I'd never take him out of that spot. No, Snip will not as long as he's manager. Um, right now Acuna ranks top five in the majors in average. He's hitting three sixty seven on base percentage, four fifty one. He's got five doubles, three homers, eleven RBIs. He's tied for the MLB lead with eighteen runs scored, and he's one off the MLB lead with eight stolen bases. I was talking to Seitz about him, man. And Seitz is just like, he goes, I said, how much difference does it make having a healthy Acuna at the top of the order? And he goes, huge, huge. He goes, he's unbelievable right now. Unbelievable. He said, he's on everything, his rhythm, his demeanor. He said, everything about him, he's in a good place. He said, I think he's really excited about that he feels so good. It's why he's just getting after it, doing his thing. So I'm so glad to see it again because last year it was so freaking hard. He said he just yeah. never got locked in. Nothing was working the way it used to work. He said he'd try and try and just couldn't do it. Yeah. And he talked about, you know, what what because Acuna had said last year, you know, in Spanish, he had said, because I had somebody translate, he talked about rotational. He just didn't feel like he could rotate at times. It either hurt or he was scared to do it. He was not confident that his knee could could withstand it. And like Seitz said, everything with Acuna starts and is in the low, comes from the lower half. And when that when he can't rotate like that, it changes everything. Seitz said, and I'd heard this before, when Acuna f- was a rookie and, get, and doing those incredible things and from this 180-pound guy at the time, we're like, how does he do, hit like that? And Seitz and, no, and Nachi, his former assistant hitting yeah, coach, yeah. both were talking about his hips were so, boom, yeah. explosive. And uh, – and and Seitz said that again when I talked to him about this a couple of days ago. Seitz said there was no explosiveness last year with his lower half, and that's yeah. where everything comes from with him. He said, "I mean, he's yeah. got the most explosive hips on the planet," and he wasn't able to get a full rotation last year. And Seitz said towards the end of last year, he was talking to Acuna, and he said, "Is it? Are you being careful? Or that is, it, or is it hurt? Does it bother you when you do it?" And and he said, "Kind of both." He said, "I'm being careful." And towards the end of the year, and Seitz said, okay, what I wanted to do, just this is at the end of the year, he wanted him to go in the offseason feeling better about things. So I want to make sure when you're taking BP to get to have your belly button ended up facing the pitcher at the end. And 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 he said he was working on that. And at the end, it got a lot better. He said, nothing like it is now, but it was a lot better going in the offseason. He could at least believe in that. And then he just got healthy. I mean, another couple of years working hard in the offseason, normal offseason, had WBC. And now we're seeing him in just, uh, and it's full splendor, and it is something, man. You can talk about Tatis all you want, five tool, but this is the guy to me is the most talented player in the majors. Yeah, he's he's incredible. It, I, there's also the aspect of just how deflating and frustrating it can be 
to have been able to do something your whole life with putting no thought into it. Yeah. And now he's got to get coaching tips on how to rotate the best hips on the planet. Yeah. You know, and you go, I told, I was talking to a buddy about how hard it was at the end of my career. It's like, you know, for a lot of my career is like playing a video game. I push this button and that happened. Right. And I go out there and I push the same button and it's just like, just pops out of my hand. Like it's not even spinning and just kind of fades to the plate and the hitters just shit on it. And I would, I'd come to the park every day, you know, great attitude. Uh, there was times where I was throwing wiffle balls to my wife in the hallway at our apartment complex, you know, and I'm, and I've come to the park, great attitude. I got it. I fixed it. I grabbed that ball. I do what I worked on the night before. And it's just the same garbage that came out yesterday. Yeah. And you just get the mental toll it takes on you to go through 162 games like that of just defeat. You know what? Even if he had a good game last year, he knew it wasn't the same. And then this year he comes into this year and it's like, just push the button and it happens. So now he just gets to compete and play baseball. Yeah. You know, when he wants to slow down, his body can just slow down again. That was where I saw it the most. There'd be a, you know, a, a line drive down the right field line. He gets to it quick and you could see him just gingerly slowing down. You know, and those three or four steps are the difference between throwing the guy out at second and keeping it to a, or keeping it to a single and the guy getting a double on him. And he's like, fuck it. You know, I know I throw that dude out. Yeah. And you just have to take these little minute, little mini losses all year long. You know, just the, the toll right. it takes and it, it just sucks the joy of the game out of you. It's not fun anymore. And you watch him play this year and it's like, he's just pushing a button. Guys won't run on him this year like they did last year. Oh. Last year, they were treating him like a normal outfielder. They'd yeah. run on him, test that arm. Nobody's they tried early. this year. <laughs> yeah, they did. And he threw out two guys in one game. And it shut down. Yeah, it's amazing how that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <sighs> It's I, and I should say when I say most talented player in the game, it's almost like you have to uh, you have to have an asterisk these days with Shohei Otani yeah. because I don't know I don't know how to compare Shohei with other players just because of his very unique. I mean, he is the unicorn, as they say. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, it's hard to say anybody's more talented than this guy because Jesus Christ, it's ridiculous what he does. But to me. In a conventional five-tool player, yeah. you know, five-tool position player, I should say, give me a Cunha, you know. Yeah, but yeah, if he it, just had to do one, maybe right. You know, but right. doing if, both is like he's in his own world. Right. If Shohei could not pitch, if he was just a hitter, he'd be great because he yeah. can fly. He's got tons of power. Yeah. But if you're talking total overall average, stolen base, OBP, power, yeah. give me a Cunha on that. And outfield. But yeah, it's hard to put anyway. Shohei, but then whatever. Um, he doesn't count. He's like Degrom as a pitcher. You don't even count, compare man. other people to him. Yeah, he doesn't count. That's. I keep saying count. I want to see him Shohei do it. You know, sustain it for a while. <laughs> it's like he's getting better. Yeah, it is. But he still hasn't done both for a full season. You know what I mean? There's always some little nagging stuff or whatever, and they shut him down as a pitcher for a while or whatever. And that's no criticism of the guy because I still think what he's doing has already defied what we yeah. thought he could do because I didn't think he could do it this long. I thought he would have to go one or the other. So he's he's shutting us all up. But I still want to see him do it full season as a pitcher, full season as a hitter, and then I'll be like, okay, whatever. He'll have like <laughs> but, a 27 war for the year. But Yeah, but it's ridiculous. I mean, I'm not going to. Poopoo, what he's done, and you, you'd be insane to do that at this point. The guy's just a yeah. freak. But you can't pick at anything about the guy no, right now. You can't. You can't. Um, and he's not a douche. No, exactly. I had leading off the first standing Acuna. He's eleven for eighteen, six eleven average, three doubles, a homer, a walk, and nineteen plate appearances. And get this one: when he's leading off any inning, first or otherwise. He's 14 for 28. He's hitting 500 leading off an inning. The best of any major leaguer who's got at least 10 at-bats leading off an inning. Sniff said, just having that power to put you on the board early. And then he can score from first on a double. He can steal a base. So there's a lot of things he can do, and it's really good having that because when you've got to navigate that three or four times a night, that's rough duty on a pitcher. And here's what what – a lot of people, especially Acuna, people who have Acuna on their fantasy teams are going to love. Snit said, I said, I talked to Snit. I asked him, I said, and he wants to play every day, right? I mean, he goes, oh, yeah. He goes, he goes, I plan on I plan on him playing 162, really, unless something happens. Yeah. I thought just coming into spring training and seeing him and knowing that he had a normal offseason with his training and all, that we could just turn him loose. And that's what they've done. They're not – they're not like last year where they had to take him out a couple of games early, rest him a couple of games here or there. 
you know, had a short IL stint last year, I think. Uh, they're not doing that this year at all. He's playing every inning. He doesn't want to come out of any games. He never doesn't look tired, nothing. That's who he is. He's getting – you know what else he's better at this year? He's getting out of the way of inside pitches, and he's not letting it bother him. Yeah, he's he hasn't been hit nearly as much, doesn't yeah. feel like. Yeah. And I think the pitch clock is helping in that regard too, you know? Yeah. He has got hit a couple of times. It's like or, – or been pitched inside a couple of times. And he can't step out of the box and get go right around back going. In there. Yeah, he's got to get back in there and do it. And so pitch club might be helping him, man. Yeah. I just noticed, you know, you see it so much. Theatrics. No. Maybe you'd see it a lot last year, that that fastball in, glare out at the pitcher, and then almost chase anything the next pitch, trying to get him back for for coming uh-huh. in there. And this year it's it's like he just gets out unless it's two or three or it's up by his head, he just uh-huh. gets right back in the box and digs in. Can't lose focus. And no. he hasn't had any pitch clock violations. Spring mm-hmm. training or, or during the season. He's boom. He's adapted quickly, unlike, say, Manny Machado. Yep, man. I saw Manny have a few. <laughs> but, man, can Manny still play. My he's, God, at third base. You, you you take for granted how good that guy is at third base because he's so big and he's getting yeah. up in his – you know, he's getting close to 30 now, right? I think so. He is tremendous. That play he made yesterday, that was beautiful. That I've, reminded me of Simba. But yeah. from a third baseman. It's like I don't know, maybe it was just being in Baltimore and they weren't they weren't even the, the main team in their division or what it was, but I didn't appreciate him when, when he was in Baltimore as much as I should. You know, yeah. but you hear a guy's name a lot, you look at the numbers. Sometimes his numbers don't stand out for what they are, you know, because he gets pitched pretty tough. But watching him play in the playoffs and now I've seen him a lot more. He's in San Diego, he's on the West Coast. It's like, man, he I feel like he's underrated. No doubt, yeah, if that's possible with that contract. Right, that's what I mean, yeah. <laughs> but he's going to be – he'll be he'll probably be overshadowed when, once Tatis gets back because everybody likes, you know, all the stuff Tatis does. And, man, he's kind of yeah. – he's he's kind of leveled it off and, and stopped with a lot of the BS, you know, that he that used to be part of his game. He's not doing all that stuff now, so. Yeah, I think that some of that stuff, it makes you not want a guy to be as good as he is too. You know, there's a few incidents. There's an incident with Oakland. He pushed Josh Donaldson down. They got yep. into it. There was a stepping on somebody's foot at first base. First you know, kind base. of some, yeah, yeah. They, they, some he dirty was, plays. He was, he was voted the dirtiest player in MLB by by a yeah. huge margin when somebody did one of those surveys a couple of years. Yeah. And when I did that survey last year, we ended up not doing using the information that we got because we didn't get enough people involved. But uh, he didn't. He wasn't named one time when I asked people yeah. who's the dirtiest player. In fact, guy, most guys were like, hmm. I can't really think of anybody because yeah. there's not really anybody like that right now. Yeah. So, but but nobody named him at all. So, um, other thing I had uh, I, I, that I wrote today and my takeaways from this fast start is Charlie Morton. I know there were some people opining as a as early, as as recently as a couple of days ago that I saw some guys say Charlie Morton might be the odd man out when Soroka's ready. I'm like, really? What what are you talking about, man? And they said Charlie's stuff could play well in the bullpen. It's like they're not sending Charlie Morton to the bullpen. He's not the odd man out. He's not going to be a twenty million dollar middle reliever. He's doing exactly what they hoped Charlie Morton would do when they re-signed him. Everybody's shocked by the contract. They thought they could do better with younger players because they don't understand everything this guy brings to the right. team. And you can dismiss it all you want, but the team doesn't, and his teammates don't, and they love having this guy on the team. It's he's, so important. He's invaluable with the, especially with a team with so many young guys coming up from AAA, or a guy like Kyle Wright in his second full season, really in the majors, or a guy like uh, like uh, Max Free, who's who's yeah. now an ace, but has little things he has to go through. And that, Charlie's there with these guys all the time, sharing because he's been through everything. Yeah, and he's and he's played with so many guys. I mean, right. The knowledge that gets passed down, you know, the, just the simple fixes or, or, or thought processes to certain situations that, you know, it's all a lot of it's all about perspective. You have a bad start and you have a veteran come up to you and be like, well, you know, no big deal. You got 19, 20, 25 left, you know, shake it off. But hearing it from a guy that's right. that's been through it and then watching the guy work and and go out and do it. And, and to, you know, it's one thing when a coach says certain things to you. But when a teammate that goes out and executes and does what he's telling you to do and he's yeah. got a track record, it's like, how are you going to question it? Yeah, you're not, 
And, and yeah, and he shares with position guys too, because like you yeah. said, he's learned so much playing with guys, watching guys, watching hitters swings. I mean, he's this is it's like having another coach. Not that they need another coach, but this guy's just there all the time for these guys. And then he goes yeah. out and does this thing like yesterday, and, and and people act like he's struggling early. He he's got a three two two ERA and four starts. Yeah. On the trip, he had two quality starts. He went six innings each time, which this year so far, hardly anybody's done that. A lot of combined three earned runs in 12 innings on this trip. He still throws hard. The guy's 39. He I can't averaged, believe it. He averaged 95 with his fastball yesterday, 95.5 with his sinker yesterday. Every every year, you know, I watch him at the start, and I'm like, he's got to lose a tick. Yep. <laughs> it's, he's been throwing 97s for 20 years. And the spin rate is still elite, elite. Yep. Spin rate, I looked it up yesterday, was third highest in the majors on his curveball behind Dustin May and Seth Lugo. That's it. Yep. Yeah, I think the beautiful thing about him, too, is, you know, I'm we've talked about it before, but I'm big on whether the, the velocity is manufactured in a weight room or not or through right. effort, you know. He's got the same effort level. I don't think he has a crazy program to throw. I mean, he threw 97 – the first time I saw him throw and he's been doing it ever since. Like, that's just what he does. He's not, he doesn't have to do these crazy squats and load up his back and beat up his body to get there. That's yeah. just who he is. So it's not like it's a, his, it's a flexibility. His flexibility is great. It's, it's not like it's a manufactured velocity. It's just exactly. what his velocity is. So if he can just keep himself from getting hurt, I mean, I don't know how, I'm wondering how much longer he'll do it. You know, I don't know why he'd stop if he could still throw the ball like this. Yeah, they got a $20 million option on him. And, and uh, you know, when they signed him, I thought, okay, they won't pick that up. But I'm not going to rule it out. It depends on what happens with other guys. It depends on whether they re-sign Max, that kind of thing, you know. Um, yeah, and, and I, I like what you said about it's not. You look at him, he's got really a perfect pitcher's body. Yeah. I mean, it's like Kevin Brown was before Kevin Brown, Kevin Brown had to go out and add tons of muscle trying to be even better. Yeah. Uh, you know artificially or, or however he did it. But uh but but he is Charlie is like six four and like two uh, two oh five, something like that. Lean, got the shoulders, long arms, long He's levers. Just, All yeah. you gotta use is use those levers. Yeah. It's just it makes it look effortless, man. It makes ninety five look so easy. And that spin rate is just you can spin the ball like that or you can't. But it's Agreed. hard to teach somebody to spin it like that. Like Colin McHugh was talking about that. He goes, some guys can just spin it, and other guys can try all they want, and they're never going to be able to spin the ball like that. Yep. Yeah, it's a feel thing, and he's not going to lose that. No. Nah, yeah, as long as he – yeah, he's – even if he loses something, he's still going to be like top 20% spin rate. But right now, he's still top, you know, 3%. <laughs> yeah. Guys, let's take a quick break, and then we'll finish up the show. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man of the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. The other guy that I really wanted to mention that has really stood out and impressed me is Sam Hilliard, man. Yes. This guy, 
This guy, you talk about a guy that looks like a ball looks player. The part. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. And people said that for, about him forever when he was with the Rockies, but he always had a little nagging stuff or he just struggled, didn't get a chance to play every day, this and that, spent time in AAA, bounced back and forth. I couldn't believe his numbers when I looked him up. After watching him play this year, I'm like, how has he been bad for. Yep. You know, I mean, you just look at the tools. But if you looked at inside the numbers, like what he did in the minors and all that, and see why he was a top prospect at one time. Uh, for one thing, he's 6'5", 235, and he can run. He is yeah. fast, man. He's just, as as Austin Riley said, he's just a freak athlete. Yeah. He's great in the outfield. He's 6'5", 235, and a plus defender. Great arm. That play he made yesterday, he saved two two runs on that Machano, Manny Machado home run robbing catch. They yeah. have a short outfield wall. He's going full blast, jumps up, catches with his hand above, glove above the wall, crashes into the wall, holds onto the ball, gets up, throws it in. I mean, that was a great catch. Two two runs right there. They're down 3-0 if he doesn't catch that. He moves like he's 19 or 20. Yeah. You know, he doesn't move like he's in his late 20s. He's 29. He's out of options. And he had a really good spring. He had 417 this spring. So he made the team. If he would have been out of, if he wouldn't have been, uh, if he'd have had options, he wouldn't have made the team probably. But they, right. But they wanted to keep him because they they traded for him in November. When they traded for him, you looked at the numbers, and I thought, why are they trading for this guy? They didn't trade anything to get him hardly. But still, they they wanted to get him because Alex, you know, saw something in this guy. They knew what an athlete he was and what he could do. Uh, but if you go back and look, this guy hit uh, he had 37 stolen bases in 2017 in high A ball. He had a combined 42 homers in 2019 between AAA and the majors, 35 of those in AAA. And he had 14 homers in 81 games for the Rockies in 2021 while playing great D at all three outfield positions during that span. So there was something there. He just never got that everyday job where he could really show it. Yeah. And this year he makes the team. Harley was playing at all early. And, you know, they lose Michael Harris, the second, who's a gold glove outfielder, even though he doesn't have a gold glove yet. And you thought, oh shit, they're going to be in trouble while he's out because they, you know, they're going to have to play Hillier and he can't hit, and you know, and I, Hillier's played great filling in for. Yeah. I mean, they haven't they haven't skipped a beat. Yeah. So because you don't know yet when Harris going to be back, no timetable. That 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 thing's slow to heal that back, and uh, I mean, it could be this week, could be another week. We don't know yet. Uh, but in the meantime, Hillier, talk about making the most of the opportunity. He's hitting 375, got a homer, three stolen bases, 1,037 OPS and 38 plate appearances over 13 games. He has started eight games in center in the 11 games since Harris went down. And he'll be starting them all now, I think. Uh, Eli yeah. White can also play out there, but the, when Hilliard's playing like this. Yeah, you roll him out there. And a bigger thing, I think what he's doing too is when Michael Harris gets back, and if Ozuna continues struggling like this, and Rosario is also not hitting, I know we wanted Rosario to do well, and he hit the he's hit the ball hard a lot, but he's hitting 188, got a sub 600 OPS. He gives you an option in left field, whether that's what an outfield. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my God. With Hilliard in left, Harris in center, and Acuna in right, that's <laughs> best outfield in, in the majors, probably. I mean, that's some athleticism. <laughs> yeah. But uh, he gives you an option in left field, you know. And who knows whether Harris's thing's going to be nagging. You might want to give him a rest if he if he gets any kind of back stiffness later. But now you got a guy you feel comfortable putting out there. But if he ends up being a platoon guy in left, or if Azuna continues struggling and you you don't really, you know, it's at a certain point. It, I mean, it's just nice to have an option like like Hilliard. Well, just an option that's obviously you know, especially right now, better. That yeah. if you make this move that's going to be tough, at least you're not making this move and calling somebody up from AAA that you right. don't know what you're going to get out of him. you got a guy that you want to find space for. Yeah. he's uh, He went two for three with two singles and a stolen base yesterday, put himself in scoring position, uh, and then they that was one of those wasted innings they had. But they could have easily tied it up, and he would have been responsible for – and this was, I think, one inning after he saved two runs with that catch. So he's uh, – Austin Riley said – uh, that was a pretty awesome catch. Just his overall athleticism. He's kind of a freak athlete. Runs the bases really well. Covers ground in the outfield. I like his swing, and he's putting up good at bats right now. There's not much more you could ask for. 
It's one of those guys you watch jog and you're like, oh, he can, he can, he's fast. <laughs> yeah. Know? Even when he's not trying to move fast, it looks so easy. At 6'5", 235, man. Yeah. And you hope it's, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where you hope it's just a change of scenery, you know, a different hitting coach. It, it doesn't take much in baseball. I don't think people understand how close everybody is to being a great major league. Yeah. And you know what he's talked about? He's talked about uh, he had so many people telling him so many things in the last few years when he was struggling here and there. And he's one of those where uh, maybe uh, paralysis by analysis. Yeah. And he said at a certain point, he's like, look, I can't, I'm not going to keep getting these opportunities. If I'm going to fail and get out and be fail my way, driven out of baseball, I'm going to do it my way. So he just wanted to get back to being an athlete, which Soroka talked about that same thing as a pitcher. He wanted to be an athlete. Yep. Well, and, and for Hilliard, that meant, you know, at the plate, not worrying so much about everything in his mechanics and being, you know, I'm doing this right and just getting up there and going by feel and being an athlete. Just hit the ball. Yeah. Yeah. And he said that's made a huge difference for him. Yeah. And so, there's, there's just certain, that's the environment thing. You know, I mean, it's, Sites might have, you could have that conversation with Sites and he'd just be like, all right, I'll throw you BP all day, do your thing. Yeah. You know, it, a lot of guys want to put their stamp on you, especially when you're going up and down between AAA. You know, there could be different philosophies, but the, the the last place you ever want to be on a baseball field is thinking about your mechanics or your swing in game. Yeah. You know, by the time you get into the game, um, it should just be be an athlete, just play, just react. And when you have too many people in your ear, you know, you, you ground out and you're jogging back to the dugout like, fuck, I didn't get my hands in. That's what it was. And you go up there the next step at and you don't even think about what pitch is coming. You're trying to get your hands in this position. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it's really easy to get away from competing when you're getting too much input from coaches. And Sykes is great about that, man. And he takes these new guys like Sean Murphy. He takes these new guys. And even when Murphy was struggling early, Sykes him him he wants to watch them, let them do their thing, get comfortable, get a say. Because he said Matt Olson went through the same thing last year. You're new league. You don't know the pitchers. You're getting adjusted to everything. And he didn't want to. Didn't want to come in and start telling Sean Murphy do this, do that. And he and he said he saw Sean Murphy slam the bat a couple of times um, mm-hmm. early on when he was struggling, and he slammed the bat a couple of times in the in the rack. And Sykes said he went up to him at the end of the game. and said, "You all right?" And he said, "Yeah, I'm fine." Because yeah, Murphy says hardly anything either. Yeah. And Sites went, okay, I thought you looked a little frustrated there. I just want to make sure you're okay. That's what, and, and he said, Sites, if I don't have a hit at the end of the May, at the end of May, then I'll worry about it. Right now, I'm fine. And Sites went, yeah. perfect. Cool. That's what I want to hear. Yeah. And, and this, uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Sites loves Murphy, man. He was talking about how the country strong. He used a couple of guys described him as country strong. I mean, this dude is. What a oh, week he's had. Jesus. He doesn't get cheated. You know, one no. more thing on coaching is is the best coaches I came across in my career, they had something for you, and then you came to them, and they told you what they saw. But some of the worst coaches were people that – you could be on a roll, you have one bad game, right, right. and let's fix it. And it's like, I just had a shitty day. You know, you need to be able to just have a shitty day and, and wash it. And there's a lot of coaches that, that just can't wait to do their job, and they're over-anxious – Start putting a bunch of different crap in your head. And then you get into a real slump. Uh, Sites is one of those guys that, you know, he probably had something for, for both of these guys. Yeah. And maybe he, he doesn't. But he did. You, you wait for a guy to come to you and you say, here's what I'm seeing. And it's not, here's what I'm seeing. Here's what you have to do. But just here's some input. You know, here's what I see. If you want to work on it, let me know. Yeah. Sites said he wanted to tell him. I mean, he knew. He, he, and he said, I've never seen a guy. Swing harder at every pitch. He said, <laughs> off a tee, he swings huge swing. Off Murphy. hitting the ball off a tee yeah. than Murphy. Yeah. Every swing. He said, and I was like, he said, <laughs> you know, he wanted it. And, and, and he said, since after that struggling early, when he started to get into a groove, he said, that's gotten better, a lot better, yeah. more controlled swing now. And uh, he's getting the results. But he didn't want to tell him that, you know. Dude, chill with the swinging so hard. But he said, right the first day of spring training, every swing, <laughs> huge. And it, it's, I mean, you see it on TV. That was the first thing I noticed about him when I saw him swing. It, the first swing I saw him take, I was like, that was a 3-0 G-hack with the bases loaded. Yeah. You know, but yeah. every swing's like that. But it's the same thing. You know, you don't want to take that aggression away from a guy. Maybe right. that's where he thrives. And you then know, he next like he did the other day. And it's like, whoo. Yeah, he's got some juice. I finally saw him talk too. I saw an interview with him, and those Man, are the guys a few I words. Like. Yeah, but he's all business. But you know, all just the, the little things guys say that 
you know, they say as long as we win and those right. little comments, you know, some guys say it for, for the camera, but yeah, when it comes out it. of his mouth, it's like, yeah, that's, that's all he cares about. And a guy said, he's a man of few words, but when he speaks, everybody knows it's important. And yep. he's got one of those uh, sneaky sense of, senses of humor. Yep. Dry. So he's got a real dry sense of humor. And the, guy, yeah. the guys love him. The guys yeah. love him. Said he fit, he's fit right in from day one. So, um, yeah, I asked, uh, I was talking to Chadwick Trump about him. Because Chadwick Trump said he saw him first time in 2017. Chadwick, I think, was with the A's. And, and he had just come up. Murphy did. He said his arm was incredible then. He goes, and now to see where it is now? He goes, oh, my God. It's unbelievable. Said his arm. Yeah. But he said, I, "I." He goes. He's one of the. He goes. He goes. Chadwick and his, you know, that Aruba accent. He has, uh, Bonaire. One of the one of the uh, TBC Islands or what? ABC ABC Islands. He's from there. He said uh, he is one of those Midwestern guys called. What is that? I said country strong. He goes, yeah, he's country strong. <laughs> <laughs> um. The other big news today, a couple of big news items. Last night during the wee hours, it came out that Oakland is focusing all their attention now on, on Vegas, bought some land. They're going to build a $1.5 billion partially retractable roof stadium. My only question was partially retractable? <laughs> it's hot there. I don't know what partially retractable is. Safe go. Like, like you know, you're you're open in the, the sides maybe, but the roof covers. But you don't really need that. You need heat control. Unit. Yeah, you need air conditioning in Arizona. I don't, yeah. or in uh, in Vegas. Uh, I don't know what the partially retractable. Maybe maybe all, half the field is not uh, is still covered. Maybe no matter what. Yeah, yeah, maybe something like that. I don't know because of the sun. That, that's probably it. But um, but yeah, it looks like uh, you know we've heard this has been basically twenty years that they've been yeah. trying. This is I'm so tired of hearing it. And as, and I and I hate it. I hate that they're leaving because I think yeah. Oakland is a great market, and their fans really respond when they're good. And and there just needs to be a baseball team in Oakland. But um, I'm just, it's obviously reached an end there. And I, I was hoping they'd get that waterfront ballpark built there, but it's not going to happen. And and just the political climate's not right. They're not going to get any kind of a deal there. So, um, and if they were moving, I wish it'd be somewhere else. But you know, I, I'm just not big on. I'm not sold on baseball in Vegas. I, I know hockey's worked great there, and I know they have a lot of basketball tournaments and stuff there, but those are different. Baseball's played every day, and hockey's 20,000 seats. It's not played every day. Corporate money, there's plenty of that there. You can do fine with that, and you, and the tourists want to go inside and watch a hockey game. I think baseball every day, 81 games, is going to be a – they better be good because I think it's going to be a yeah. tough sell after after the novelty wears off of the, seeing the stadium and all that. Penny pinching in Vegas isn't going to sell either. You know, no. I mean, that's all about <laughs> right flashing your money. But yeah, I guess you forget that there's real people that live in Vegas. You know, and any any oh, of yeah. them, any of them that you talk to, most people that live there don't really go down to the strip and gamble and do that whole side of things. Right. But I can't imagine if you're planning a Vegas trip that a baseball game's you know top of the list of things you want to do while you're there either. Right. So. We'll see how it goes. I think, you know, it's just a shame Oakland's losing their team because that's been yeah, best some of the best uniforms when they're good, one of the best atmospheres. But oh it's just God, the yeah. whole thing playing out has just been sad. I mean, their legacy, I mean, going to three World Series in a row. And Bash Brothers. Winning a couple of them. Reggie Jackson. Going and they'll change, they change the uniforms, right, the team name? I don't know what they're going to do. I, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do, man. I don't know how you would get rid of those those unis. Right. I'd go I back to the 70s ones, exact <laughs> replica, that, that color. I like yeah. that color green. But, yeah, I mean, you're going back to that that era and then the Bash Brothers era, uh, but you go back to the 70s, you go back to the Vita Blue, Reggie Jackson, Joe Rudy, Gene Tennis, Burt Campanaris, on and on and on. They had incredible teams. Yeah. and uh, But they've played in the same stadium since they moved there. Yeah. Uh, it used to look way cooler before they put that Mount Davis. Oh yeah, field it was. Too. A, if you look at old pictures of it, people can't believe that when I show them a picture of what it used to look like. Yeah, kind of had a Dodger Stadium with the yeah. open outfield, that kind of thing, feel to it. And you're in Northern California. You had that. I mean, you they ruined it with Mount Davis, and then the damn team didn't even stay there. And that yeah. hulking, <laughs> the monstrosity is out there. It just looks horrible. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's a shame too. And there were, I mean, there was something that came out that they were the fifth most profitable team doing what they were doing. You know, that, that's one thing for me that's wrong with baseball by itself. Right. And fans see the see that and it really turns everybody off once that stuff gets out there like they were doing and the Pirates were doing for a while. Pirates are they're, good right now, by the way. Let's see if they can keep doing it. But They're going to have about 400 people at the games the next. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. It's going to be bad. It's going to be really bad because they're, they're drawing flies right now. Yeah. Uh, and the other big news, oh, I hope that and they want to play by there by 2027. By the way, in Vegas, that's quick to build that stadium. Yeah, but they did the football one pretty quick. Yeah, you can work year round out there. Yeah, that's twenty four hours a day if you need to. Um, the other big news: Madison Bumgarner today DFA'd by the D backs. Um. I mean, I think we probably thought this was coming, but it's kind of like it's it's it dovetails or or it's kind of kind of parallel lines with uh, the Marcelo Zuna situation. I know a lot of people at some point, you know, there were rumors that the Braves were trying to get you know trade straight one bad contract for another and get Bumgarner and hope they could turn him around, but uh, they are owed basically the same amount of money and the, for the next two years. And the D backs decided we can't do this anymore. They got a young team coming up. They got young pitchers, and he was just kind of dragging them down, I think. And uh, and he's thirty three. It's hard to believe he's only thirty three. It feels like he's been around forever. Yeah, but he had a five two three ERA in three hundred sixty three innings, sixty nine starts over that contract. He got that eight five year eighty five million dollar contract he signed with the D backs before the twenty twenty season. He's got a five two three ERA with them, and this year gone to another level. I think they could have withstood 5-2-3, continued doing that. But this year, 20 runs, 19 earned, and 25, and 25 hits, 15 walks, and 10 strikeouts in 16 and two-thirds innings. He's 0-3 with a 10-2-6 ERA, 2.40 whip, 43 ERA plus, which 100 is normal, is an average pitcher. This is a guy that in his 11 seasons with the Giants, had a 3.13 ERA, 1.11 whip, 120 ERA plus over 11 seasons with the Giants. Yeah, that's a good park to pitch in too, uh, San Francisco. I think Arizona's yeah. a little tougher, but I, you know, I would say that I think you have a little more leeway in time with a position player, mm-hmm. you know, in left field taking up one one spot in the in the lineup versus yeah. handing the ball to somebody every fifth day, and, and if they're not giving you a chance to win. Yeah, you know. it's different, no doubt. Especially if you got other pitchers. Yeah, I mean, with a position guy, you know, you can you can use him against in certain matchups. You know, I mean, he's not going to kill you, right? But and you I, look at him; it's it's like his big thing is playoff balls. You know, you yeah. want him to, and and if you can look at your team and be like, well, probably not going to the playoffs the next couple of years, right? And at this point, you have to look at him and go, it's not like he's going to flip a switch and be a really good pitcher in the postseason when he's right. that bad. Right. So, so they're washing their hands of it and, and eating it. And they're eating basically the – it's almost exactly what the Braves would be eating if they if they ate Marcelo Zunas at this point. The D-backs, uh, he's got 34.3 remaining on his contract because he's owed 23. He was making $23 million this year, $14 million next year. Thirty-seven million over two years, right? And mm-hmm. Ozuna's making eighteen million this year because his contract was backloaded. Eighteen million next year and a million dollar buyout. Thirty-seven million is exactly the same. So it's I I don't know. I feel like Ozuna's glory's not as far behind him, and he, he had a good spring. Yeah, I don't think they're at that. I mean, I say this, and we said this last week. If they did it tomorrow, would it shock me? No, Mm-mm. but I don't think it's going to happen. Yet, I think yeah. they're still going to run him. I mean, Snit's still running him out there, trying to give him a chance to, you know, have a good game. And he's had a couple of a uh, couple of hits, couple of hit some balls hard, but no, he's played like crap. I mean, I'm not gonna yeah. I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. He's played bad this year, and yeah. I understand the frustrations over him. But he's not killing you. He's not costing yeah. you games. He came up in the ninth inning yesterday, yeah. But who else are you going to put up there in the ninth inning? Is Eli White going to get up there and hit a home run? Right. I mean. He's not like you're DHing him every game and he's killing you. You got other options right now, like Hilliard stepped up, he's playing center. You know, you got other options that, and when you get Darno back, you're gonna, you're not gonna have to DH Ozuna much. 
But and then you say, do you you don't let it cost you a guy like Hilliard though? You know, if it comes to that, I think that's where a lot of teams draw the line. Right, right. They're not going to put a guy like Hilliard on 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 waivers to keep to just so they don't eat Azuna's money. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's like you said. If it happened tomorrow, it wouldn't shock anybody. But it wouldn't shock me if he got hot either. Yep. Um, I know. I know people are going. There's no way. But I but we saw him. We saw him in spring training. I know it's spring training. Not facing the same level of pitching, but he was hitting balls hard, doing okay, doing fine. Yeah. So we'll see. <laughs> it's like it's just you're so scared to pull the plug and he gets yeah. hot with somebody else. Right. With Bumgarner, the Dimebacks have zero fear that he's going to go somewhere else. And, and he goes to L.A. and has a great season. And kill them. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. They're not worried about that. No, because yeah. they knew. And there was no reason to even put him on waivers because they knew nobody was going to claim his contract. Nobody. Right. So you just DFA him and you dump him. Yep. With Ozuna, there's there's still the chance he's he's four years younger than than, than him, and he's not that far removed from being really good. Yeah. A couple seasons, and I am not defending it and saying they should hang on to him. Whatever, I'm just saying why they would. Right. For a little yeah, longer. I mean, whatever least. happens won't shock me. No, exactly. And, and I and if they dump him tomorrow, I'm certainly not going to say ah oh, that's that's the wrong move <laughs> at all. Yeah. So. Um, just last thing. What have we got? Uh, oh, the Scherzer with the Scherzer ejected yesterday for sticky substance. And he's going to face a 10 game suspension almost certainly, which will mean unless I'm counting wrong, he could pitch the last game of the four game series against the Braves. If the suspension starts, uh, I'm thinking if it's retro, if it starts today, because I think they would retroactive. I don't know. But if it started tomorrow, he wouldn't be able to pitch that. That game. I bet he doesn't get suspended. You don't think he will? Mm-mm. I mean, putting it on his kid's life. That's, I know, I, man. I believe him. I know. You know. I mean, just seeing his antics and everything. And, and as a Weird pitcher, situation. Knowing, I mean, rosin's a sticky substance. You, you talked know? about that, how sweat and rosin can make it can, can be really sticky. And yeah, that's what I they said it was. And dirt. You know, I didn't like – dirt turns it dark, but I didn't like rosin – that much as a pitcher, unless I could put some sunscreen or something in there with it to keep the tack, because uh-huh. it, as I sweat, it would kind of cake onto my fingers and you get that dirt that the balls rubbed up with. And now you got this dark kind of sticky stuff on your hands and fingertips. But I mean, I, I 100% believe him because I'm not putting anything on my kid's life, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. just the way he, he was pretty adamant when it all started that it was the right thing to do. Oh yeah. And you could tell from his gestures, he wasn't just acting. He was no. like, you gotta be kidding. He was jumping around. Uh, and why? And and it's like he said, why in the world would Scherzer do it after he's warned his legacy? He's a yeah. first ballot Hall of Famer. Why would you want that on your thing? You would not yeah. risk that. Yeah, I mean, it's like when Pineda had it on his face and they kicked him out of the game. He's right. Like, All right. Yeah, I blew that. But because they had warned him twice, they yeah. had checked him twice already. So why would he still do it? Yeah. It's not like he's so bad. He's got to do that. I mean, come on. Yeah, I don't. I would think that he, if there's a chance to not serve a suspension, he's going. He's not going to. Yeah, it'll be interesting how they get around it if they don't, because it seems like it's kind of mandatory. But I, yeah, I, 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 it wouldn't shock, surprise me if there's some if they decide that, uh, you know, they didn't go about it the right way. The umps didn't. They yeah. had him wash his hands and he did it in front of the ump, I guess, with alcohol and cleaned it off. And then he said it came back and his glove had it. You know, they said get a new glove and he did. And then when they checked him the third time, they said it was it was even stickier in his hand. But it's like he sweats a lot. Yeah. He's a sweater. Yeah. yeah. So if you had combined the rosin that they have with sweat, who knows, man? I mean, it, could, it can get sticky. Yeah. And that's the point of it. I mean, that's – it's yeah, that's the point of the rosin is to help the ball stick to your hand. I just don't think – I don't think he was up to anything. They got to they gotta come up with a better system of measuring this stuff and all that than just leaving it to the umpire's discretion to go. I okay, wonder if they could you're out of here. scrape some off and test it or something. I mean, you know, they sent the one guy's the glove. They sent the one guy's glove to the lab after they did him after uh, last year or whatever it was to examine it, see what was on it. They obviously yeah. can't do that with his hands, but it would be in his glove, I would think too. Whatever you know, could test his yeah. glove. But yeah, anyway, it's a weird thing. It's just it's a shame that, and that's you know a lot of rules you wind up having in sports to keep guys from cheating is that somebody just took it so far, you know, like. There were guys when when it was at peak, you know, sticky substance. Guys could take a ball, you know, and stick it to their hand facing the ground. Right. Their hand could be facing the ground, right. 
the ball would just stick to it. You know, and that's that's what you're trying to avoid. Right. I don't think a little bit on Scherzer's hand, you know, and it's probably just rosin and sweat is really making a drastic difference in his spin or anything else. And that's another thing you can measure. You know, you could look, they have all the data. Look at his spin rate. Did it jump this game compared to every other game he's pitched? I bet it didn't. No, but his spin rate has jumped. I saw it on MLB Network like uh, this season over the two when they were doing the, it has jumped like mm. noticeably. So that could hurt him. Yeah. Yeah. It had jumped a lot. Um, he said his name, it got clumpy in the second inning, like you're talking about from the sweat. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. It's weird. Um, I mean, they check you though. I don't know why anybody would try to sneak anything past. Them. I don't either, but they, they said they're, they're cracking down again because spin rates are going back up. They're easing back up since they cracked uh, down because they <laughs> fell off after the crackdown and guys are finding new ways to beat it. New substances, that kind of thing. Huh. Some well. guys. So, anyway. It's like the steroid debate. Like, why would you possibly try to take steroids? And I give everybody the benefit of the doubt, and you find out Tatis did it right out yeah. in the open and got popped. You know, And some guys, there's and, and there's no doubt in my mind, some guys are still using some, some things. They found ways to get around it. There's no doubt. Yeah. Testing isn't yeah. what it was. I mean, it, yeah. But it's not, it's not the rampant problem that it was. And we can see that right. from the numbers. You know, they're back to right. normal reality. When but Melky left the Braves and turned into Bo Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. Or some guy out uh, San Francisco was the best player in the history of the game in his late 30s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, speaking of that guy, 755 is real. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate it, everybody. Uh, a lot of stuff coming up. Big homestand with the Astros. Uh, starting a seven-game homestand, then go to New York for the first matchup with the with the Metsies. We'll see where the Mets are at that point. Uh, Four-game series against the Mets. That's going to be fun. Uh, In New York. Braves playing great ball. I think they're going to get a lot of – several of these guys back soon. I think McHugh's going to be activated this week, like real soon, next couple of days, as soon as the first day he's eligible. That's going to help that bullpen a lot. Can't keep relying so much on those guys as great as Dylan Lee and and – Jesse have been. Uh, Iglesias is ramping up. He's pitching off the mound now. Uh, no timetable yet for Darno because it's concussion and there's just not a normal timetable. You, when his head's cleared and they're doing the, the, the test every day, then he'll be cleared to go. But we just don't have a timetable. And Harris, that thing's taking a lot longer than I thought it was going to take. But uh, I, I would think that he'd be back by the end of the homestand. But that, again, Snip won't even say. But you're going to get some of these guys back soon and and uh, they're playing really great ball now. The good thing is it's given some of these other guys an opportunity to show what they can do. Yeah, I mean, and if and if a, if a Harris IL stint was the way you got a good look at Hilliard in the long run, that's going to be Worth that's going to be yeah plus. And Harris is going to be fresh. And in the meantime, you didn't miss any production. Right. No, I mean you're not missing them too much. No, you just get better when is. they come back. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody. We appreciate it. We have We did read all your comments, by the way, and, and address some of them without actually reading them, but I did address some of them that you have. Uh, so don't, don't worry. They are being noted. And we appreciate all the comments over there. A few of you guys just dominate the, con- the conversation. Yeah, it's like, Nick, man. Nick, Nick get get back to work, it. dude. <laughs> Come on. Maybe it's just lunch break. <laughs> yep. All right. But no, we appreciate it, man. Thanks a lot. 755 is real. We are out. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.